views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. What a great lineup we've got for you. Uh, thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. For more information, as you all know, uh, you can do a couple of different things. The first thing you could do is hop on over to the drpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. Um, and pretty soon what you're going to see is you're going to start to see some things change. We've taken all of the feedback that you guys have given us, um, all of the things that you wanted to hear more of. And we're creating a different platform. So the websites will change, uh, but they'll always be the Dr. Pat show. They'll just be more transformation talk radio uh, channels for you to listen to. Uh, And also more information, great articles, great information to help you live life full out. Uh, We've got a great lineup for you today. And I just want to say hi to Mr. Benny before we kick it into gear. Hello, B. Hey, Pat. Another glorious day. Another day in paradise, isn't it? I keep saying it. Let's get tropical. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, exactly right. Clothing That's optional. what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking you're, about. You're, you're really? Clothing optional, huh? Ooh. I know. I'm it's kidding. kind of incredible, isn't it? No, and not really. Life, it, life just gets, gets... People are saying, well, wait a minute. You know, are you sure that winter is over? You know, I think I'm pretty sure about that. You know, I think right now I'm pretty sure about that. Mm-mm. And so, yeah, not in not in other parts of the country, but definitely here. Uh, hats go off to all of our friends or other flagship station in Rhode Island. Hat goes off to you and all of what you've been through this winter. It's probably going to be karma. Uh, it's going to come back to get us next year. It's going to be like yeah, double well, for yeah. us. I guarantee it. Yeah, I thought That's we said be. that last year. Mm-hmm. I thought we said that last year, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, I get it. Yeah, we did, didn't we? We said it was pretty light. <laughs> we well, it was on the lighter end, and we're like, oh, we're going to get crushed. And actually, ah, we're still going the other way. I know. Love it. All right. Linda's like, okay, yep. I'm going back to New Jersey, and you people are going to have spring. And I'm like, oh, well, then you'll have to come back. <laughs> you could always come back and visit us. Hey, everybody. Great show. Uh, Mr. Benny, we have a great guest today. And for part of that being a great guest, we get to talk about really amazing things. You know, what I kind of love is to be able to think about our lives and think about some of the things that we get to have that shows up. And if you have anything kind of like the long and winding road that I refer to as my life, then one of the things that comes up is this idea of faith. And what does that even mean? 
faith. So today, Victoria Zakheim joining me here today is going to talk about her fabulous book, the book that she has put together, edited based on the contribution of uh, some incredible people. And so essays from believers, agnostics, and atheists. And so what does that mean? You know, it's really fascinating. Just when you think you don't have a story to share, you start to hear about what it's been like for other people. You know, what it's been like for people that have gone through life, uh, sometimes a more direct path, other times, you know, ins and outs of what it means to live in this world, in this this earth skin we have. And so it's really wonderful to be able to know that some of these stories can be captured and captured by Victoria. They have an author, editor of five anthologies. She is also a playwright, writes documentary and featured films, teaches personal essay writing and much more. And so today we get to chat about faith, what it is, what we think it's come to mean, And, you know, besides all of that, looking at what we can learn and take for ourselves as we step out into the world. Victoria, it's great to have you here. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Especially today. It's the launch day of the book. Yes. And I was just going to ask you, I was going to say congratulations on this you know, particular body of work for you. I want to start out with a question about, you know, for you directly, because what I've discovered uh, on the way to doing this about 13 years now is I'm a changed person. You know, I'm not saying that I I didn't have some of this in me 13 years ago, but because I said yes to doing this um, in my life, my life has changed and I know that I've changed. How did writing this book, Faith, how did writing this change you? What I'm going to keep going and do is talk about the book. So let me just tell you all a little bit about it. So here's a comment from Ann Perry. What do I believe? It has been a long journey of discovery. There have been hesitations and errors along the way, and no doubt will be more because I'm still learning both about myself and about my life. And so let me just read this. We all we have all wrestled with the big questions. Why is there tragedy in our lives? Why is there evil in the world? And whether believers, skeptic, agnostic, atheist or something other at some point in our lives, in our lives, we all ask, what do I believe? In faith, award-winning and best-selling authors provide thought-provoking, multifaceted personal essays and illustrate their own explorations and struggles with big questions. And, you know, this is really about what many, many people have happened in their lives, what shows up. Author Ann Perry writes about the deeply spiritual faith that she embraced and has sustained throughout her life. You know, while others talk about uh, things from a perspective like Pam Houston, from a perspective of wit and irony. But the, the point is that, you know, these essays are honest, provocative, daring and candid. You know, they will enlighten you on your own exploration of what belief means to you. I have to tell you all, certainly for me, what I've come to know about my own life is that my belief and my faith and faith basically in uh, in a different way. Uh, Does it mean religion? Does it mean uh, a belief in a power greater than yourself? Does it mean in an an authority? 
what does faith mean? What is the pure definition? What is the definition of faith as a noun? Uh, what does it mean, faith as a, uh, a verb? But the point is, do we question our faith? You know, do we have more faith when life is great? Do we, ha- do we have less faith when life is not so hot? Or is it the other way around? Do you really pull up your bootstraps of faith? Do you pull the bootstraps of faith up? Do you take the limits off of God? Whatever that is you believe in, when, when life is just down and out, down and out. And or are you a person who believes that you are building on the shoulders of the faith you had the previous day? Yesterday's faith is yesterday's. Today's is different. And what is it about us where we stand on the shoulders of every experience we've ever had in our lives, where we step forth and we think about ourselves and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, I must go to that place of faith to change my life. You know, I must go to a place where I believe in something greater than myself or not. But in the end, how does this idea, how does this idea of faith? affect us, whether or not we are on the pivotal point of believing in the ultimate, ultimate being that guides our life or not. What if our beliefs are not, you know, the rise of atheism? You know, is there room for an atheistic faith? All of these questions are incredible. It doesn't matter whether you're believer, skeptic, agnostic, atheist, or something other. You know, this group of 23 authors explore their personal relationships to faith in this book. Some are comforted and sustained by it. Others question its purpose and some refute a need of any kind. And so today, it's going to be interesting as we all think about our lives and think about what we believe. You know, have you ever scratched your head sometimes and have asked, how do some people rise above? As a matter of fact, I was listening to you know, someone that I, I love listening to uh, about talk about, you know, life in a very different way. You know, he talks about the fact and talks about his mother quite often uh, about how, uh, you know, what, what, what is it, you, you know, 30, 40 years ago, whatever that was, diagnosed with cancer. She was given three weeks to live. And, you know, he talked about what his mother did about that. And his mother went out and decided, I'm not paying any attention to that diagnosis. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm gonna, not only am I going to pray, but I'm going to work with other people that are down and out. I'm going to contribute my time and my energy to helping others rise up. So what was it about this woman's steadfast belief? And by the way, three weeks have now turned into a long lifetime, decades, and she's alive and well today. So what is it that we believe in that helps us get to the next place we want to go in life? Whether you do believe in a higher power or not, whether faith is a word you use or you don't, what are we out now in the world to think about, look at, and learn? Let's take a short break. When we come back, Victoria is going to take us through some of these essays, essays from believers, agnostics, and atheists. Something here for all of us. We'll be right back with the show. Thank you. 
Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at HealGrowShine.com or email Wendy at Wendy at WendyRWolf.com and start your adventure today. Tune in to Sheer Alchemy with Leslie Fontaine on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to stir up your passions, identify your blocks, and shift into an entirely new existence. Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst and clairvoyant who uses her intuitive and energetic gifts to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for show dates and times and LeslieFontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners, award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Welcome to Smile Big, nominee of Seattle's Top Dentist Awards. Here at Smile Big, we offer restorative, cosmetic, and preventative dentistry. Some of our regular dental services include tooth-colored fillings, crowns, bridges, implants, bleaching, cosmetic bonding, and complete smile restoration. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Abdener won't be smiling until you are smiling. Call now to schedule a visit with Seattle's Top Dentists. Our number is 425-454-4040. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. Oh, boy, what a show. What a show. Every time I, I, you know, and it's really interesting, Benny, because Victoria is joining us here today as I introduced her before. The book is called Faith. Now, look it. Here's what I love to talk about. I love to talk about how absolutely amazing my brain, my heart, my, my spiritual practice changes every time I do a show. Every time I'm in front of, you know, some body of work, 
that has me start to think. Uh, and I'm sitting here today and I'm thinking to myself, there's a couple things I'm thinking about. And I'm going to talk, talk to Victoria about it. But before we do, Victoria, the question on the table is this. I know that in 13 years I've changed. There's no question about it. Um, the people around me will tell you I've changed. Benny will tell you. How have you changed? You know, here you are. You've listened to some of the most incredible stories. Maybe some you believe, some you didn't, but you represented them. How have you changed? How has your life changed as a result of participating in writing this book? Whether or not I agree with uh, some of the essays, some of the authors, um, I believe them because I know that they've come from their own very, very personal, heartfelt beliefs. Uh, you get somebody like Jacqueline Michard, who when I asked her if she wanted to be in this, she said, yes, but I'm going to write about being a God-fearing atheist. You know, you laugh, but we all have a different way of looking at at faith and how faith affects us. Have I changed? Oh, I've changed enormously <laughs> in the last year and a half since I conceived this book, driving home from, driving up from L.A. to San Francisco. It's a six-hour drive, and, and the sun is coming up, and I'm thinking, oh, my, you know, what do I believe? Why am I so moved by a sunrise? Why, and why are other people just zipping by on the highway, not noticing it at all, when in mm. fact we'll never see that sky, that color, that formation again? in our lifetimes. And I was so moved by that, I began to think, how do other people feel about their beliefs? And, and I, of course, I always put it back on myself, what do I believe? I thought I knew, but I also was aware of the fact that I was getting very confused. And so uh, I started thinking about this book, going to authors and saying, what do you believe? Are you willing to write about it? Whether you're an atheist, agnostic, a believer, whatever, you're indifferent, what is it that you believe? And the fascinating thing was, when I had done my earlier um, uh, anthologies, nobody got back to me and said, well, but now should I write about this or what about this? And the, these authors began to question me. Well, you know, what exactly are you looking for? I said, I'm not going to tell you. I just want to know, what do you believe? And they really struggled with it. And many of them came back and said, wow, I wasn't even sure about what I believed until I started writing this essay. And wow. some of them became so um, in tune with their, that spiritual side of themselves or the non-spiritual side. And there were, there were authors in this book that I've known for years, and I was sure I knew what their beliefs were, and I was so wrong. There were a few that I just knew were atheists, and they weren't. And some that I thought were really strong believers, and it turns out that they were that they were, uh, they were uh, agnostics. And so uh, what did I learn about myself, though, was that all of these years thinking what I, uh, the little bit I might have believed in, that maybe there's a God, that maybe there's something out there, reading the essays, having to go into my own heart and soul to write the introduction, to write my transitional parts to the different sections of this book, um, I was really surprised at what I came up with for myself, which was, I think I've been a, a sort of a marginal believer all of my life, but I was never able to say so. I came from a mother who was such a, 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 an agnostic. I called her, a, uh, actually she was an atheist. I called her a mean atheist, because if you believed in God, there was something wrong with you. So I, I grew up with that, and I kept putting that in the back of my brain. So don't talk about what I feel. Don't feel what I feel. Don't question mm. what I feel, because... If I come up with, I believe, then that means I must be stupid. Well, you know, at my age now, 
I, I get to I get to feel what I feel and, and be able to acknowledge it and own it. And this book for me was absolutely transformational. Absolutely. Mm. It just it just opened my eyes and my heart in a way that I never expected. Yeah. So a- I mean the reason I love to ask that question is because, you know, a lot of times um, you know, there's the standard questions that come, which I'm, I'm also curious about, mm-hmm. and, which are, you know, why does a book like this come to be? Uh, but because of my own beliefs, yeah. I have my own answer to that. Sure. So I don't ask that question that mm-hmm. often, you know, because in the back of my mind, my belief is, you know what, it comes to be because it's time for it to come to be. Yeah. Uh, but, was, but that may also... not be the reason, right? Well, for me, it would, not only was it because I, wa- I wanted to explore this for myself, but I mm-hmm. also wanted the input of, of other people. And, and I knew that it would not be an easy book to sell. When, when Beyond Words, which is part of Atria, Simon & Schuster, bought it, I was so thrilled because I spoke to the, 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 the editor uh, right, after the, right after the offer was made, and she was so wonderful, Emily Hahn at, at Beyond mm. Words. And she just, the support that the whole team has given me has been part of the process for me. I don't know what they believe, but they believe in the book, and they believe in me and the authors. And for me, it was almost like a selfish undertaking because I was on this exploration, this journey of trying to figure out what I believed, what my faith really was, and and having this journey with 22 or 23 other authors was just sheer joy. It was, well, and, it was uh, you know, and you know, you say how you changed in yeah. 13 years. Yeah. You, you're not the same person you were yesterday. I know it. We change I know. every day. And as we, and as we get older and that slice of life becomes smaller and smaller, you know, we find that, or I find at least, that I don't let a mm. day go by without figuring, okay, what did I get today? What did I learn today? How is my direction changing because of what happened today or what didn't happen today? And that's the part of my faith is that uh, fulfilling my own desires before I go. So, uh, mm. you know, they talk about the bucket list, but my bucket list is just to be as productive as I can and have the, the friendships and the family relationships that I can at the, at the ultimate. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, we'll see. But um, yeah. I don't know what's happening after this life. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one, of, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and, and sure. even though you said that these, you know, folks have changed writing, writing the book, did you find a common theme? I mean, it's it's a silly question when I ask it, but I'm curious because, you know, I kind of read, uh, you know, I re- as I was reading the book, I started yeah. to think to myself, you know, is there a common theme? You the know, is there yeah. something that's on the minds and, and on the hearts of yeah. millions of people right now? Millions. Yes. yes. There's a, there is a common thread that runs through mm-hmm. it. Even though Malachi McCourt might make fun of religion and Perry mm-hmm. writes about it with, with a profound belief and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it depends on who you read, but the thread that runs through every single story is that these are people who want to go into their hearts and figure out what it is that they believe and share it with people. Some of them are also already very certain, but in the process of their describing how they got there, they, the, the common thread is, I want to know who I am. What do I feel? I want to know what I believe. Because when I'm, when I'm more certain, I feel stronger as a human being. And by the way, uh, I call them stories, but these are all personal essays. All, the, all of the authors sign a contract with me saying that everything they write is not only true but verifiable. That's part of personal essay in an anthology for me. Uh, so they don't get to make up stories. 
or embellish. Right. It's all true, right. which makes, for, for me, it makes it that much more fascinating. Right. And, you know, part of that is really kind of uh, interesting in itself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for people to have that agreement with you yes. and yes. then be able to check, double check. Is mm-hmm. this is this real? You know, I've shared a story on air a number of different times, and people have emailed me and said, that's BS, that didn't happen to you. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I it did happen to me. Mm-hmm. What's so mm-hmm. unbelievable about it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's so unbelievable about a six-year-old looking up one day in church, uh, in Catholic boarding school, at the ninth station of the cross, and having Jesus say, your mother is with me, before anybody told me my mother died. I mean, that's yeah. my story. Yeah. Now, can anybody prove it? No. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does one come to this place of realization about faith? Yes. And and do we have permission to change our point of view, Victoria? Absolutely. <laughs> I've changed my point of view drastically over the last few years. Drastically. And... Mm. Uh, I think that faith is what, it's not just what sits in our hearts and our beliefs, but we also, in a way, adapt our faith to what works for us. Some of us are afraid of believing too strongly because we're afraid of of feeling disappointed or deceived. Some of us are afraid of not expressing our deep faith because if we don't express it verbally or write about it, then maybe God won't hear it. And others will Mm. say, well, there is no God. Okay, for you, that's fine. For, For that other person, it's very different. Um, if you read Anne Perry's essay, you know, where she writes, yeah. who, who's there for you? At, 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 when she wrote it, because it was her first essay ever, as a, she's a mystery writer, of course, uh, she, <laughs> she wrote about when you are up at three in the morning and you are feeling despair, and I, and I wrote back to her and said, who's you? This is personal essay. You mean when I'm at, up at three in the morning and I'm feeling despair? And she said, oh, dear, that's very personal. I said, yes, it is. But she did it. She dug in and did it, as every writer did. Nobody held it out there and said, okay, I'm going to write about this, but it's going to be way out there distance from me so I don't feel the pain or the joy or whatever it is, any of the emotions. But they didn't do that. They all mm. came very close to it. And, I, you know, I, that's one of the things I just love about this book. Diane Reinhardt from the Toronto Star, she's a fantastic writer, and she wrote about robotic love. And, uh, you know, and having, having to have faith as a human being that, that as a human being she will be the one that a man will fall in love with, and not some robot, because he, she can do everything right and look like a woman, like a Stepford Wife kind of a thing. It's a very interesting essay. And and, and Christine O'Hagan always writes, and you asked about Christine before you mentioned it, um, yeah. that she wrote, she, you know, Christine is an extraordinarily gifted writer, and her memoirs are just wonderful, and she's written for, I think this is the fourth or fifth of my anthologies that she's been in, and every time there's a different take on what she's feeling, what she's believing, and and, and, and she always does it with humor, but with that humor, there's also that very strong connection she has to her faith. And, um, and like you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, the, I, the six-year-old that looked up uh, at the Stations of the Cross mm-hmm. is not the same person that practice, practices that religion today, to this day. No. And so, the, you know, the question then becomes really, and I'd love to hear you talk about this when we come back, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how, how does our belief, or how did the beliefs of the many people here, how did their beliefs change as a result of the journey of their lives? How, you know, what is it that's pivotal 
for people? Is it Mm -hmm. a common, oh, I had this horrific thing happen or does it vary? I'd love to talk with you about that. You know, now I've read the, I've read the book, so I have a little insider (laughs) information, but I would love for you to share this with, with our listenership. Uh, you know, sometimes, Victoria, and this is what we we hear a lot in doing the show, I do, I do about 10 hours a week of radio. And, you know, sometimes, uh, especially over a 12-year period, I've gotten to hear the most amazing listeners on the planet mm-hmm. share so deeply in their heart mm-hmm. their lives change, what yes. they've lost, yes. you know, what, what may not come back. But the common theme with these listeners here is they have hope. Mm-hmm. They have a belief, and that's why they listen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, what is it about our life's journey? You know, yeah. how do some of the things that happen change or not change us? We'll be right back. Show, kicking with your torso, boys getting high and the girls even more so. Wave your hands if you're not with a man. Can I kick it? Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. Negative self-talk plays a major role in how we create fear and anxiety. You're probably familiar with that worried, insecure, or critical voice that rises from somewhere deep inside, often at the most inopportune moments. You don't seem to choose the limiting, anxiety-triggering, or self-sabotaging thoughts nor do you seem to be in control of them. Over the years, I've found that rather than ignoring or suppressing these negative thoughts, what works best is to redirect the mind with at least three counterbalancing arguments that shed light on the opposite, positive points of view. For example, if your negative thought was something bad will happen, counterbalances could be, right now I'm okay. There have been many times I was worried and everything turned out well. I have the strengths and abilities to handle anything that comes my way. Positive counterbalancing is training your mind to search for and find uplifting and empowering perspectives for any given situation. A retreat to open your senses and heal your energy. Join Lynn Brown and Wendy Wolf for Amazing Astra Allies, April 30th through May 2nd in the beautiful Methow Valley. Open to more of your astral experiences. Learn intentional dreaming and receive astral body healings in this serene setting. This retreat is almost full. To register now or learn more, call 206-931-7356 today. Are you tired of being bloated and nauseous? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know eating unhealthy foods eventually leads to an unhealthy digestive system? Did you know eating the most healthy, nutritious food doesn't necessarily result in a healthy body? The stomach must be healthy in order to properly digest, metabolize, and utilize even the best of nutrition. Without proper digestion from the stomach through the intestinal tract, the nutritious value is not absorbed and the improperly digested food can be more toxic to your body than helpful. You can be doing all the right things and getting all the wrong results. In fact, other organs may also be interfering with your stomach's ability to digest. Contact us today for your appointment at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. Or visit us at MaryJaneMack.com. 
naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie Deleuze at info at ronniedeleuzeonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, your partner in wellness. Wow, everybody. Welcome back. Wow. What a great, great conversation. And the book is fabulous. For those of you just tuning in, um, you know, when this book came across my my desk, uh, as a matter of fact, and, and, it, and it somehow came directly to me, usually they come to Linda. Uh, and the minute it came to me without even blinking, I said, I've got to talk. I've got it. We've got to do a show on this. And then I sat down and I read you know, the book. And I, and there were some stories where I had to think, man, I got to go back and read that again. Uh, or, you know, this is something that I related to, but the point is Victoria, you know, that, you know, this was not even a question mark in my mind. All I did was see the title of the book and I knew I wanted to talk with you about it. Now that's interesting in itself. Um, and today is the launch. So congratulations for that. Uh, before we kind of jump into talking a little bit more about this, please tell folks how they can find out more about you and how they can get their own copy of the book. Well, it, supposedly, I think as of today, it's in most of the bookstores across the country. Um, and I always support the independent bookstores first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon is wonderful, and you can get it quickly and, and easily. But if your local bookstore has it, that would be lovely. And um, uh, you can learn more about my other work. Uh, at my website, which is victoriazakheim.com, and uh, that's Z-A-C-K-H-E-I-M. But this is all about the book. We launched tonight at Book Passage in Corte Madera, which has been, always been a wonderfully supportive bookstore for my work, and uh, um, I look forward to it. And, I, and there, will, there will be other authors joining me there, so we're going to do a group reading this evening. And then we have another reading. Yeah, we just have bookings planned all for the next few weeks, which is so much fun. Tomorrow night we're we're going to um, we're going to speak at Mrs. Dalloway's in Berkeley, and then Thursday night at Books Inc. in San Francisco at Opera Plaza. Uh, and then on Sunday we're doing the Livermore Public Library and Great Good Place for Books. And then on Monday we're doing Copperfields in uh, Sebastopol. And then we go to L.A. and other authors will be reading with me there. I'll be at the Tucson Festival of Books uh, on the 14th and 15th of March, and then back to L.A. for for Bromans, and then to New York. (laughs) So it's a lot of fun. uh, We're doing the KGB Bar in New York, Book book Culture, and Word Books. So we've got a lot of wonderful events planned. All of them have multiple authors reading. And and as it happens, the authors who are coming all have very different viewpoints of faith. So there are believers, agnostics, atheists, and uh, and those who just aren't really sure, but they're willing to write about it and talk about it and work through that. So amazing! Thank you. Yes. Today. Yeah, I, it's very very exciting, and you know I'm I'm honored to have you on the show. So thank you so very much. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. 
you know, we were talking about change and, you know, how experiences in our life uh, alter our beliefs or not. And, you know, it, it was you, some of the so stories that were, were shared here were about people whose lives have changed as a yeah. result of one thing or another. And I'd love for you to talk to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, in 13 years doing this, this is really a common theme. Yes. You know, so can you talk to that for a minute? Sure. I think David Corbett's uh, essay is is startlingly honest and, and revealing in terms of what you've just said, because David was brought up with a lot of religion around him, with with serious belief around him, and um, and then he, but also some very serious childhood issues in terms of abuse, and he he married he married the love of his life and she died and that was it he he just could not believe anymore and i'm going to if you a little permit me to i'm going to read from sure. his essay and it will take literally 15 seconds but this is Please. how he starts it yes. he says it's called love and insomnia i did not lose my faith so much as shrug it off like a coat i'd come to realize wasn't up to the weather i needed something sturdier more reliable something crafted more honestly and simply, I had my suspicions about God as early as adolescence, only to see them confirmed for good during the darkest hours of my life. Fortunately, I discovered other resources to rely upon. So there's one man who's talking about having a profound faith and realizing that it no longer worked for him. It no longer fit for him. And then you have someone like Beverly D'Onofrio, who writes about um, a serial rapist in her community who enters her bedroom one night and attacks her. And as he's about to attack her again, she begins to pray out loud. And he says, what are you doing? She said, I'm praying for you. And he, he stops and he flees. And that's a defining mm. moment, I think, in anybody's life. It is. Yes. I mean, Amy, I mean, it's hard to even imagine that. You know what yes, I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, these defining moments... Uh, uh, if we're awake enough to see them as that, I think they can have profound impact. Now, I'm not saying I've always been the most conscious living person on the planet because I have not. You know, I haven't had the level of awareness that I think I have today, thanks to our listeners, for mm -hmm. sure. But also because three months after starting this venture, um, I came down with a mystery disease. I, yeah. I was looking at a wheelchair. Mm. And so it's fascinating how the darkest moments of our life can be the most transformative. Have you found that in some of what people have shared with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I go back to Christine O'Hagan, who lost a mm -hmm. son, uh, and mm. her sister has lost one son, and the other is very, very ill, because the women in their family carry a gene for a certain kind of muscular dystrophy that only kills the male offspring. And... Uh, I think there's probably no darker moment in anybody's life than losing somebody they profoundly love, and in this case, it was her son. And it really moved her into a whole different level of belief and writing as well, writing about it. Um, but I want to go back to sure. a situation that, in a way, triggered this when I was a okay. teenager. And that yeah. is that um, I called a friend when I was in high school. I must have been maybe 15. And I knew her mother was coming home from the hospital that day. She'd had some minor surgery. And her sister answered the phone, sobbing that something had gone terribly wrong and their mother had just died. And I hung up and I went around the corner to tell a mutual friend. And as I was getting ready to go up her walkway, I heard 
somebody call out my name, and I looked up the block, and there was my friend Margot waving and laughing, and I realized that she didn't know her mother was dead. And so mm-hmm. I waited for her, and I said, Margot, go inside and call home, and she did. And I, I remember to this day the look on her face, just watching her face collapse. I ran around the corner, got my father. He brought the car around, and we drove her home. And in those 10 minutes, my life changed because Margot, although she was sobbing at first, she got very calm and said, you know, my mother has always looked forward to the day that she would be with, with God, and mm. now she's there. And she just became calm, and I thought, is she crazy? All right. But I watched her for months, watched how she accepted this, how she went on with her life with this love in her heart and this joy for her mother, and it really, it affected me profoundly. I mean, I'm a, you know, I was a Jewish kid. I didn't have much of a, right. of a Jewish education. I was pretty secular, but very, very aware of being Jewish in a non-Jewish community. And uh, I was just fascinated. So when I started putting this book together, I contacted her. You're talking, you know, 50 years later, and said, may I use your story? And she said, absolutely. Mm. And, um, and I did. And that was a defining moment for me to see what faith could do as a way of supporting somebody and giving them hope and giving and allowing them to move on with their life. And I thought, what a powerful, powerful entity that is. And how come I don't have that in my life? And it took me those 50 years before I finally said, okay, let's take a look at what my life is about. So those kinds of changes that take place, um, you know, my daughter, who I'm not sure what she believed as a teenager, and uh, she's the next president of her synagogue. You, know, it's, you, just, yeah. you, just, you just don't know. You just don't know. But like you, we have these experiences that are so dramatic, and it's, they're impossible to ignore. They are impossible. And, you know, what I love about what you've done in the book is you, you have reminded me, and many others, you have mm-hmm. reminded me of the fact that we can take the stories the things that have happened to us in life, whether they be joy, joyous or horrific, mm-hmm. and look at them in ways that will, for me at least, give me an opportunity to be reminded of what's possible in the world. That's right. See, the, be I reminded. I think that's the key. What you believe or what you don't believe is important. But, but being able to know that there's, there might be something there, that there is a profoundly large group of people who believe in something, and you, want, you don't wonder, well, how can they believe that? You think, what is it they believe and how did they get there? And that's one of our problems in this country. We hear Muslim now or Islam and we think terrorism, but it's just not so. The, the number of, of terrorists in, the, in that religion are so minuscule, and, mm-hmm. and yet we painted them with such a dark picture. It, I think it's one of the most horrifying things that's happened in the last 50 years in our society. And, and we blame people for what they believe in when their beliefs uh, bear us no harm whatsoever. And it's, that, it's tolerance as well, isn't it, that we're talking about? Uh, being able to it is. Be, be, being tolerant of each other's differences, whether it's political or religious or whatever orientation it is. And that's the part I think that I find most dangerous. Um, I, uh, I, I, was, I wanted to go back to, to one of the essays, yeah. the one written yes, by... Yes, please, uh, please. Sorry. Yeah, let, let's do that now. Let's skip this break because, you know, what we're talking about here is so important. You know, I don't want to kind of interrupt the flow of this. 
in, yeah. you know, because we do categorize uh, groups of people based on religion, and we say one thing or the other about them. Yes. You know, I, I mean, honestly, even within religions, we come to a place and say, oh, they're on the right. No, they're on the left. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, aren't we just talking about people here? Aren't we just talking about people at some level? Uh, but I do want you hearts. to go back. Yeah. Yes, I mean, please they have do. hearts and souls and desires and fears. And, and imagine what it's like right now living in a, in a Western culture where your religion dictates that you cover yourself and the, and the people around you assume that you're bad because, you, because you're following your own religious beliefs that have nothing to do with hurting other people. They have to do with believing in God and, and, and living your life in a godlike way, in a, in a way that you can with dignity and, and, uh, and decency and kindness. You know, kindness is really the... When I, the more I read about religion, the more I see that it's about kindness. Mm-hmm. Kindness toward one another. That if we if we do that, if we create a, you know, generate that kindness out there, that uh, that something good will happen. One of one of the authors in this book is Rabbi Frank Dabba Smith from London. He's an American living in in London, and um, and he he's part of a of an interfaith council. And he and and Muslim and and uh, Christian clerics get together regularly, and then they go they go to Jordan and they go places in the Middle East, and they try to create mediation. So that they can, people can talk to each other and see that mm. those religions are not that different. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are, are Abrahamic religions, and they come from the same source, and they're not all that different. So, uh, but Caroline Levitt wrote. Uh, she also has the longest title of, of my anthology history: "My Counterculture Spirituality: How Sudden Death, Tarot Cards, and Mediums Led Me to Quantum Physics and Belief." But <laughs> uh, yeah. it's a wonder. It's yeah. a wonderful piece because it really. Like the other author, she explores that path that gets her from point A to point B. What do I believe? And how does it affect my life? And I well, said, early, you know, go ahead. Isn't it a very important point? I mean, because look at me. You know, people look at me and they look at what we do and they see psychics and angel readers on the website mm-hmm. or whatever we do in, in, in Transformation right? And they look at that and they're like, oh, that's not the new mainstream. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. I'm the kid at six years old that had a psychic kind of experience. So mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it until you just shared. Mm-hmm. But that experience, I guess, kind of shaped who I've become more than I think. <laughs> it's, it, it, every little thing seems to resonate with, with meaning if we allow it to. I mean, I'm sitting here mm-hmm. at my desk and I'm watching a I finch. Am make a mess of a little of a of a of a bowl of bird seed. But I'm also watching about two feet away from the finch is a huge morning dove just waiting for that bird to get out of the way so he can swoop in and he'll cover the entire the entire bowl with his wings and eat everything that's left over. And I'm thinking, you know, it's so beautiful, the hummingbirds that come and I've got this little teeny teeny garden. We're talking ten feet by fifteen feet, but it's like the microcosm of the universe is here with the birds and the flowers and the sunshine and there's you you can't get away from the beauty of what's out there, including the people. And sometimes we forget that. It, and part of faith, having faith, is not just faith in God. It's faith in ourselves. It's faith in the universe. It's faith in the birds showing up to eat out of your out of your feeder. I mean, we all have faith at some level, and we forget to acknowledge it and pay attention to it. Really, it's what it's I what, know. 
It's what goes into our hearts and allows us to be tender instead of angry and be able to laugh at something that we've done that's foolish instead of berate ourselves and carry around guilt or anger or self-recrimination that does nothing but eat away at us. So faith can be a wonderful thing, and it it does or does not have to do with God. You know, it's really interesting we're talking about this. I mean, you know, we've heard time and time again, faith in a power greater than ourselves, faith Mm -hmm. in, you know, in different ways, and and not necessarily religious, not in a religious context. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people have come up with things that they believe in that reflect something either within themselves or outside of themselves. Um, You know, what would you say, uh, if any, uh, has changed your belief about your higher power or not? You know, I think that I think that the key word in your question, mm-hmm. in terms of my response, is tolerance. Yes, it's tolerance. It's like you believe what you believe. I, I'm not going to say to you, but you're wrong. I'm going to say to you, oh, that's what you believe. It's not what I believe, but you have a right to your belief as I do to mine. I, and I think that. I, I'm getting off the subject, I know that, but it, it's... No, this is good. It's such an important point for me, because one of the things that, you know, thou shalt not judge, I mean, great, it's, it's a great idea, but who goes through life without judging? That's a, <laughs> that's a better chocolate cake than that one, or he's a nicer person than than she is, or uh, I can't tell her anything confidential because I know that she'll repeat it. We We judge everything around us, the quality of a peanut butter to the state of the world, and I think when we go in and vote, you know, that, that's always a judgment that we make on what's best for the country, maybe, or what's best for me, or whatever the case may be. But with religion, for some reason, when people discuss religion, it gets ugly. It can get very, very ugly. And people have to believe what they believe, but they, for some reason, they have to have other people believe what they believe as well. And my question is, why? Why can't we have 10 people with 10 very different beliefs who can live in harmony? Right. I mean, right. you and I don't have the same beliefs. If you if you were brought up in a in a Catholic environment and I was brought up in a Jewish environment, right. you're you know reformed or whatever. Um, we have very different beliefs, but it doesn't mean we can't respect one another. My right. I have dear dear friends. One of my dearest friends in the world is a Mormon. Talk about different beliefs. Yeah. We spend a lot of time talking about belief and religion and faith. And she was instrumental in my writing this book because mm-hmm. she said, "Do it, do it, do it." Um, and we talk about religion all the time, and I don't agree with much of what she says, nor does she with my beliefs, but we have profound respect for one another's beliefs. Where, and I where think that's we... really the key, though. I mean, you know, it it's is. interesting. Yes. It's interesting because, uh, and this is, you're going to get a kick out of this, uh, for about the past, I don't know, let's call it six months, mm-hmm. all I've talked about are, well, not all, but I've, but I've talked about quite a bit, this idea of the four blood moons. And the four blood moons that are happening to last year, to this year, four blood mm-hmm. moons, four eclipses. Mm-hmm. And what I've talked about is the fact that they have all fallen, uh, and I've read a book about this too, all falling mm-hmm. on Jewish traditions, huh. uh, uh, all four of them. And, 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 and it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because something about my life has opened me up to not be in one place or, or the other. And I love that about... Uh, whatever it is that went on with me, that I could pick up a book about the four blood moons and t- and talk about it, you know, in, in terms of Jubilee and Schmidt and I mean, honestly, 
Where would I even get these things from? But I'm writing, I'm I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> lot, but it's four blood moon. Four blood yeah. moons. As a matter of fact, I'm considering on the fourth blood moon next December going to Israel. Why would I do that? Why not? You see? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what's the message? Well, see, if I was shut out to hearing what the message was, then I wouldn't hear about what happened the last time these blood moons happened. You know, what happened when Pharaoh let, you know, the people go and they Mm -hmm. were given twice, thrice times, Mm -hmm. you know, but why is it that we shut ourselves off and what is it that enables us to open? What have you discovered? If there's anything I know in these last couple of minutes, what have you discovered that first of all, these people are different. Because they are sharing their stories, right? Yeah. You would agree that, yeah. But what about them, you know, gives us hope for how we can become more tolerant of each other? Mm. Mm. They've all gone through those transitions in their, that, they've, that they've talked about in their stories, not just transitions moving toward mm. or away from a belief in God or toward or away their own faith, from their own faith, but that inner that inner search that we all go through in our lives, or we should give ourselves the luxury to. But you asked a question about, you know, about yourself. And my response immediately in my head was, if you weren't open and if you weren't tolerant and if you weren't accepting, you wouldn't have been on this radio show for, what, 13 years? It wouldn't have have lasted past the first three weeks. The, the, The gift... The gift that you have is to say to somebody, what do you believe, what do you think, and then listen and not say, well, I don't agree with you, that's really stupid. I mean, that's not mm. who you are, because that kind of a person could never last, well, they could on some radio stations, I guess, but not on yours, um, you know, because there are people who are just totally intolerant and their audience loves them. But tolerance, I think, is is what opens the door for other people to share who they are. And I think that in something like a, an anthology on faith, there is there is um, a supposition of tolerance. We all Uh assume an assumption of tolerance that it's there that opens that door and lets them feel safe about writing what they're feeling. Uh, I've only had one situation in all my anthologies where somebody said, Mm -hmm. I'm really terrified to write about this. And I said, if you can't do it, let me know, and I'll take your name off the list. And it was it was actually in, in my first anthology, The Other Woman, about infidelity. But it was a woman writing about becoming the other woman at the age of six because of sexual abuse. And she right. wrote about it, and it was powerful. In fact, her piece is in my play. But um, for you, and I think for your listeners, these are tolerant people because they want to hear the different sides. And, and you're giving... All the, different, all the different sides, the different readings, the different possibilities, right. rather than saying, I'm only going to invite people who believe this. And right. that, that, you know, that, that limits your audience, and it also says something about, about who you are, who your people are in terms of the station. Um, I mean, this is a talk show where people come in with very different opinions and beliefs. Yes, absolutely. And that's what you'll find in this book. Wow. Thank you so very, very much for a great show. And thank you uh, for all that you're doing to really shine the light on this. Thank you. Thank Victoria, you it's an amazing book. Oh, it's an amazing book. And for all of you out there, you know, there's something in this book for each of us. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the show. Wow, 
Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at healgrowshine.com or email Wendy at wendy at wendyrwolf.com and start your adventure today. in to Sheer Alchemy with Leslie Fontaine on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to stir up your passions, identify your blocks, and shift into an entirely new existence. Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst and clairvoyant who uses her intuitive and energetic gifts to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for show dates and times and LeslieFontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance. Call the Oprah of radio by her listeners. Award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Welcome to Smile Big, nominee of Seattle's Top Dentist Awards. Here at Smile Big, we offer restorative, cosmetic, and preventative dentistry. Some of our regular dental services include tooth-colored fillings, crowns, bridges, implants, bleaching, cosmetic bonding, and complete smile restoration. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Aptoner won't be smiling until you are smiling. Call now to schedule a visit with Seattle's Top Dentists. Our number is 425-454-4040. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. Negative self-talk plays a major role in how we create fear and anxiety. You're probably familiar with that worried, insecure, or critical voice that rises from somewhere deep inside, often at the most inopportune moments. You don't seem to choose the limiting, anxiety-triggering, or self-sabotaging thoughts nor do you seem to be in control of them. Over the years, I've found that rather than ignoring or suppressing these negative thoughts, what works best is to redirect the mind with at least three counterbalancing arguments that shed light on the opposite, positive points of view. For example, if your negative thought was something bad will happen, counterbalances could be, right now I'm okay. There have been many times I was worried and everything turned out well. I have the strengths and abilities to handle anything that comes my way. Positive counterbalancing is training your mind to search for and find uplifting and empowering perspectives for any given situation. 
a retreat to open your senses and heal your energy. Join Lynn Brown and Wendy Wolf for Amazing Astra Allies, April 30th through May 2nd in the beautiful Methow Valley. Open to more of your astral experiences. Learn intentional dreaming and receive astral body healings in this serene setting. This retreat is almost full. To register now or learn more, call 206-931-7356 today.